Bottom line up front. Trump administration openly conspiring alongside Russian intelligence. Eyewitnesses further implicate Trump with sedition, if not treason. Trump reduces first debate to a mockery of public discourse and GOP operatives Jacob Wall and Jack Berkman charged with felonies for election fraud with more to come. I'm Eric Garland. After 20 years delivering intelligence to world leaders, a mobster owned by Russia took the White House, and I started giving daily intelligence briefs directly to the people. This is Game Theory Today, your source for global events, clear analysis, and appropriate profanity. Guys, it's time for some Game Theory. The general mood. October is no surprise. A shock, perhaps, but no surprise. We knew that Trump's final showdown with democracy would be intense, but few could really imagine how quickly the potential energy stored up by the crimes committed to cover for Donald John Trump's surprise election as president of the United States in 2016 would be unleashed. In a period of days and weeks, the Trump administration has revealed itself to be at war with free, fair, democratic elections in particular and America herself in general. The seriousness of the crimes revealed cannot be overstated. We now learn of conspiracy to let COVID ravage America for the Department of Homeland Security Intelligence Agency to cover up Russian and violent right-wing conspiracies against the 2020 election and the ongoing assault on the ability of Americans to safely vote, either at the polls or through the mail or at all. U.S. Senator Chris Murphy of Connecticut tells us that the Russian assault on the 2020 election is even bigger than its attacks of 2016, and that they are openly supported by Americans. Trump, for his part, seems to know that there is no way out. Well, the tagline of this podcast includes appropriate profanity, uh, we haven't gotten there yet. Uh, it's only episode two, but uh, let's get going. Uh, anyone who saw the first presidential debate knows that what the fuck did I just witness is the only reasonable question. Dana Bash called the event a shit show, end quote, on CNN. And hey, when cable news is outpacing my cursing, we're in a unique place. So here's the mood. The die is cast. Politics is normally the art of compromise, not the clear battle of good versus evil. But that battle, my friends, is joined. And with that, it's time for the Profanity Daily Brief. Our top story, the Trump administration openly conspires alongside Russian intelligence. Man, that sounds like a top story, doesn't it? Doesn't seem like that should lead? Well, it leads. So, dear listeners, the playing coy is all over. The subtle descriptions are done. Trump is not, quote, sympathetic to Putin. He and his Confederates are in lockstep, not only with the strategic desires of Vladimir Putin, but in the propaganda themes and the attempts to cause violence on U.S. soil, as well as encouraging the deadliest plague in a century. For those of you who have been following my work for a while, you may remember that once upon a time, on December the 11th, 2016, a Sunday afternoon, I spontaneously blasted out the Game Theory thread in which I told people that there's this country called Russia, they have spies, they interfere in democracy, and they did that thing that they do. 
I didn't get real specific, and it still caused a rather violent uh, rhetorical reaction. Articles poured out across media. Of course, it's not Russia. It's that Hillary didn't store her buttery mails in Wisconsin. Not that a major political party was essentially run as a group of assets or agents for the Russian intelligence services. I mean, that would have been a bit much for the time. This is just saying Russia is there and does Russia things, and it did to both the left and the right. That was the game theory thread. Uh, but that conclusion that we've got a party owned by a hostile foreign intelligence service, uh, that's been obvious for years to those interested in accepting the truth, and it's now utterly inescapable. In the past 72 hours, we've been witnessed to the unprecedented actions by U.S. officials that lead us to that conclusion. John Ratcliffe, the objectively unqualified Trump appointee to be the director of national intelligence, and just for a point of comparison, uh, General James Clapper had been the head of the Defense Intelligence Agency. Um, he'd been, first of all, he'd been in intelligence uh, since 1962. He was a pilot flying intel missions uh, for you know, since the Kennedy administration. And he'd had all kinds of jobs, and then he ends up as director uh, director of national intelligence uh, after a long and storied career. Uh, Ratcliffe, I think, had seen Austin Powers twice. I forget how he got in. Uh, but the uh, faux DNI, Ratcliffe, quote, declassified an intelligence assessment, released it publicly, and allowed Lindsey Graham to enter it into the congressional record through his post as chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee. This quote declassified brief, and I use the quotes for good reason here, includes an assessment that Hillary Clinton's campaign was somehow behind this conspiracy to make Trump, a man with never-ending connections to Russia, possibly in their debt, appear like a man connected to Russia, possibly even in their debt. The source of this fantastical intelligence analysis was not American. Um, now, we get things from, from, from partners. Not every single uh, intelligence assessment that, or intelligence product that we put out there is from Americans. Uh, you know, Canada can pick stuff up. Uh, our Five Eye nations that we work with, the closest intelligence relationship in the world, that's uh, Canada, the UK, Australia, New Zealand, and us. It could be one of the other four. Could be France. There's many, 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 many options out there. But this one was special. This was apparently from Russian intelligence itself. Somehow this assessment, uh, meaningless since we don't really trust Russian intel in general. They've got a bit of a reputation for being slippery. We don't trust them. Uh, this particular assessment, I guess it made its way to Congress before, where both political parties in a rare show of bipartisanship refused to pay it any attention. And yet now, just hours before the first presidential debate, Lindsey Graham laundered the absurd intelligence trash from some jackhole at Hodinka Airfield, the aquarium, grew headquarters in Moscow, into a hearing where James Comey was supposed to testify. Uh, and just hours before the first presidential debate, in case anyone is wondering what's going on. Ratcliffe was warned by three intelligence agencies not to publicize Russian intelligence product, which normally does not have to be said. Uh, we, you know, we don't normally say, don't put your genitals into the lawnmower. 
I mean, normally it doesn't have to be said. Don't stick your face um, in, you know, into the wood chipper. It doesn't have to be said. It's, it's understood that you'll probably get this. But nevertheless, Rat, Ratcliffe persisted. This is one of the many actions taken openly by the Trump administration to carry out the warfare goals of Vladimir Putin. For one thing, Putin has been intent on causing maximum damage to America while also hiding his operations. He's a spy. They kind of do that kind of thing, right? To that end, quote, Attorney General Bill Barr, and I'm sorry, that son of a bitch gets no better honorific than quotes at this point, has been caught redacting the Mueller report to conceal Vladimir Putin's true aggression discovered by the investigation. Redactions falsely justified by claiming a need to protect investigations that Bill Barr has been systematically shutting down. Notably, that Putin himself, his intelligence services themselves, say, we're at war with America. That's the stuff Barr took out, that they said, we're at war. So sucking up to them by a president uh, or uh, congressman or going there on the 4th of July you know, to Moscow, like Senator Ron Johnson. You know, that would look bad if we knew they said that they were at war with us, which they did. And that is something that Mueller had access to and wrote it down and Barr covered that up, right? Uh, And then he covered up by saying, oh, I don't want to discover the, I don't want it to disturb these other investigations that I'm also trying to shut down. That is how deep this goes. Then you get to the Department of Homeland Security has been instructed brazenly to hide intelligence about Russia's election attack and emphasize China and Iran instead. And then you got the years-long effort, the group effort to make Mike Flynn look innocent after all that that guy pulled. So if Putin wanted to keep attacking undercover... And he's having a great time, right? He's still attacking. We know that. And he wants to be undercover. And this time we're watching Trump's goons gaslight Americans in real time. Still, the truth about Russia's attack and Trump's enthusiastic assistance is impossible to obscure this time around. Trump installed Roger Stone's bestie for many years uh, and former Kremlin employee... Michael Caputo at Health and Human Services to run communications about the COVID crisis. And I'm not using the Kremlin employee. That's not an epithet. The dude worked for Yeltsin at the Kremlin and then provided image consulting directly to Putin through Gazprom Media. So the dude works for the Kremlin. Uh, Caputo stole $300 million from the Centers for Disease Control that was earmarked to handle a crisis that's claimed the lives of 200,000 Americans and turned it over to various uh, vendors and paid for Dennis Quaid to say something positive about um, what's going on with the um, coronavirus crisis. Um, Because, you know, who wouldn't want a B-list celebrity to tell them about infectious disease? I mean, that seems like good use of your tax dollars, right? But among among those people uh, gets a Russian filmmaker hired, apparently to make some media to make Americans more optimistic about being hooked up to a ventilator. Okay, so let's just look at trying to cover for policies that are making it more likely that more people will contract 
a disease that is the deadliest in a century. Don't get it twisted. If Russia killed tens of thousands of Americans with a weapon of mass destruction, our defense doctrine might very possibly be a launch of nuclear weapons at one of their cities. Russia has been launching disinformation campaigns at America's population, and it has a Kremlin employee placed in the executive branch to result in more casualties and fatalities. So the difference in how we kill that quarter million people is starting to look kind of philosophical here. That might be a real problem for Putin and anybody helping him. And kids, we have never been here before as a country, ever. I mean, forget Benedict Arnold. Remember that was, you know, this, the slander lasted 200 years here. At least that guy had an excuse. You know, there really wasn't an America quite yet. Even Ben Franklin thought he was an Englishman up to the last uh, last moment. And Benedict Arnold's in, in the, you know, the colonial Navy floating around Lake Champlain and whatnot. And he decides, you know what, I'm turning back. I'm going to be English. You know, I don't, I, don't, I don't dig with this American thing, you know, and Ben Franklin's own son did the same thing. He decided he was English, you know, uh, when push came to shove. We're not talking about Benedict Arnold here. We're talking about there's never been a, layer, a level of betrayal like this before. We've never been here. And, you know, it was revolting enough to hear Trump compliment Vladimir Putin in 2016 on the campaign trail. That was revolting enough. Trump's proposals to do cybersecurity with Russia in 2017 were in the, you know, dark comedy absurdity, right? Uh... And his complete, you know, wearing knee pads in Helsinki there, his obsequiousness to that mediocre KGB holdover in 2018 was was pretty stomach-churning. His direct appeal to Ukraine's president to get Zelensky to launch Russian intelligence talking points at Joe Biden for America's upcoming election back in 2019, that was enough to get the guy impeached. But man, 2020 is different. Now, we have a full agent of Russian intelligence. Throw down the gauntlet, people. Say it. He's an agent of Russian intelligence in the White House. And he's a handler of other agents with the same goal of subverting and damaging America up to and including killing Americans. And with that, the fate of this nation is at hand in the upcoming election. Eyewitnesses further implicate Trump. It is both a hopeful and a very logical sign that people who worked for the Trump administration have come forth in greater number to tell Americans just what is going on at the White House and in the agencies controlled by the executive branch. And I have to say, especially all of you news junkies who keep up to date on the latest indictments and peccadilloes and catastrophes of the Trump era, it's, it's a really good thing that people from the administration itself are coming out to tell the horrible truth. There are a lot of non-news junkies and full-on Trump supporters who simply won't accept the truth as told by cable TV or by example, your weird Twitter basist intelligence analyst hybrids, or even from high-ranking professionals in the national security apparatus of this country. 
I couldn't have more respect for Ambassador Bill Taylor or Ambassador Masha Jovanovich, Colonel Alexander Vindman, Sally Gates, or any of a great many nonpartisan dedicated public servants who have come forth to expose the deeply abnormal and even malevolent subversion of the norms of statecraft of America. Exposing that a mobbed-up goon like Rudy Giuliani was making foreign policy bypassing the Foreign Service, that was a big deal, and I'm glad they testified. But most Americans don't know how regular statecraft works and also probably can't envision what nonpartisan means. I mean, you think everyone's, oh, it's nonpartisan, or I, uh, you know, I'm not any one political party. In practice, it's, it's hard. Most people lean one way or the other, except in, in D.C., where people really are nonpartisan. You know, I moved there in 99, and, and that's what I really liked about the place. Uh, you know, you have people who are especially proud, not just proud, they're especially proud to serve presidents of both parties. It's part of the job of working for your country and not being part of the puppet show, right? Um, but that's why having lifelong Republicans who are on one side, having them come forth, is crucial. One of the most recent is Olivia Troy, uh, a very experienced Republican political appointee who recently departed Vice President Pence's coronavirus task force. Ms. Troy's background is full of national security experience, and what she saw in the White House was evidently shocking. She's revealed that the White House straight up lied to Americans about the risk of death from COVID as early as January of this year. A lie continued for crucial months. Ms. Troy has spoken of meetings where Trump's possible intent to overthrow democracy was in play, and they had to discuss it in case he didn't win re-election, where it didn't result in what he'd want. And apparently those meetings did not result in what we'd want, which is everyone involved in that meeting to go rushing for the nearest media outlet to tell the country that, hey, this guy doesn't believe in democratic elections anymore. We're in super trouble. And look, I'm no newbie in D.C. I'm not an idealist here. I do not envision a world that would be totally unworkable where every time somebody doesn't agree with the president's policy, his closest staff holds a press conference. They'd have one every afternoon, right? But we're talking about hearing a president is thinking of overthrowing democracy, uh, that they're lying about a preventable massacre. Well, Ms. Troy has done us that service, and it's perfectly time. Uh, you know, early October is when the average voter tunes into the presidential race. And it's essential that voters hear from Republicans who have seen too much and want voters to help save this country. So good on them. Another eyewitness popped back up here after several months off. Uh, General H.R. McMaster, former national security advisor to Trump, who took over after Mike Flynn left to spend more time with his attorneys. McMaster just said that Trump is aiding and abetting Vladimir Putin. Man, that is straight up calling Trump a traitor. That's not even the language of national security or politics. It's the language of law enforcement, home dog. That is strong stuff. Um, I can't say I'm surprised. I cackled when McMaster magically appeared when they catapulted Flynn over the South Lawn. Uh, you know, uh, unlike many of the chowderheads appointed by Trump, McMaster, in addition to being a legendary tank commander in his own right, is also the foremost expert in Russian 
hybrid warfare. You know, a really weird choice for Trump. So when it was made, I was like, <laughs> I wonder if there's some other force at play here. I liked it a lot. Um, McMaster's America's counterpart to the Russian military's famous Valery Gerasimov. Uh, with a resume like that, I've always wondered if McMaster wasn't just kind of keeping us safe and and holding his tongue. Well, he's done holding his tongue. And now that he's speaking out, whew, he is leading with the strong stuff. So I can only imagine what General Mattis has in store if he wants to open up his mouth about being sec deaf. I'll bet it's going to be spicy. The most enraging and important eyewitness uh, I've heard about so far, I'm sure there are more, but Patrick Murphy, former head of intelligence and analysis at the Department of Homeland Security. DHS INA is one of the lesser known of the 17 U.S. intelligence agencies responsible for disseminating threats on American soil. Murphy filed a devastating whistleblower complaint last month. In it, he claims that Trump's appointees, such as the illegally serving Chad Wolf and Ken Cuccinelli, they should not be there. They have no right to be at DHS or giving orders. They are. Judges even weighed in on this stuff. It's still crazy. Wolf and Cuccinelli specifically asked Murphy to alter his intelligence product to hide Russian attacks on our election. Murphy was also asked to obscure the threat from violent right-wing terror groups, several connected to Russian intelligence, and to lie to Congress about how known and suspected terrorists, KSTs, get into America normally, which is from all different angles, uh, to justify Trump's border wall hustle in the Southwest. There will be many more whistleblowers and people who have written memos uh, and recorded these crimes to follow. I imagine it's going to take years to prosecute all of the crimes. This situation is nightmarish, uh, but we definitely owe these patriots our gratitude for putting their careers on the line to help protect this nation. Trump reduces presidential debate to shit-flinging eighth-rate circus. There really isn't too much to say about the first debate between Donald Trump and Dignity, where Joe Biden and Chris Wallace were also in attendance. If you saw it, you know that third graders awake for four days and jacked up on Ritalin and Robitussin would have come off as great statesmen in comparison to Trump, which I believe was the point. The most accurate take I've seen, and there have been a few with this theme, is that Trump is no longer trying to pretend to be a president. He knows his time is limited, the people who own him expect maximum damage, and he's doing a pretty serviceable job at it. So Trump's debate performance is really just about debasing the whole notion of discourse, to rant and scream and drag America down to his level. Well, fuck that guy and fuck Putin, and I hope Biden doesn't dignify the whole operation with his presence again because it's an intel op basically so stay home joe uh you know do some videos with kamala whatever we we get it we, we we don't need to let trump open up his mouth and put out a bunch of keywords to go in on facebook propaganda we don't need it so just stay home dude or maybe i do want joe to show up again because trump is slipping with his own voters who are i mean they can tell ridiculous behavior not, not the triumphant, ha, ah, somebody had to say it, I'm going to be mean to women, ah, which nobody had to say it, and nobody had to be mean to women or racist or gross. But there's a difference between that and complete 
meltdown, which apparently doesn't look so pretty for those voters. Uh, we'll see how the polling comes. And not that I, you know, trust polling for everything, but uh, I'm hearing anecdotes of people taking signs off their lawn because they, and a lot of Americans propagandize though they have been and victimized. I think everyone knows, uh, you know, what an eight-year-old having a shit fit looks like and knows that a president shouldn't act like that. So, uh, so it might be neat, you know, maybe drop an indictment on Ivanka, get, you know, get Joe and the moderator some good noise-canceling headphones with their own stage mix, mute the guy, and put that old mobster on display and just let him go. Uh, you know, maybe maybe indict both his kids. See what the guy does. Who knows? Might not be a bad way to get the point across to voters that there is a choice, and no, both candidates are not the same this time. Professional douche canoes Jacob Wall and Jack Berkman indicted on four felony counts in voter, voter suppression robocalls investigation. Jacob Wall is 22. I still have no idea why his utterances ever mattered. Uh, and he's already indicted for other charges in California. I think fraud. So, man, this young man keeps busy. Uh, real busy because Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel has filed charges against Jack Berkman, 54, and Jacob Wall, who still can't rent a car yet, but they are uh, each charged with one count of election law, intimidating voters, a five-year felony, one count of conspiracy to commit an election law violation, five-year felony, one count of using a computer to commit the crime of election law, intimidating voters, a seven-year felony, and using a computer to commit the crime of conspiracy, a seven-year felony. Hey, guys, don't use computers to commit crimes. It's very trackable, and as you can see, they result in prosecutions. It's neat. Uh, Berkman, an, an Arlington, not Alexandria, Arlington, Virginia resident, and Wall, a Los Angeles, California resident, allegedly attempted to discourage black voters from participating in the general election by creating and funding a robocall targeted certain urban areas, including Detroit. The calls were made in late August and went out to nearly 12,000 residents with phone numbers from the 313 area code. Guys, we're coming on the heels of that Channel 4 film from the UK. It was amazing. I, I had a thread on it a few days ago about the massive effort to suppress the black vote in 2016 with incredible precision and disgustingness. And hours later, the legal hammer drops on these knuckleheads. During its investigation, Nestle's office communicated with attorneys general in New York, Pennsylvania, Ohio, and Illinois, all of which reported similar robocalls being made to residents in their states who live in urban areas with significant minority populations. It's believed that around 85,000 calls were made nationally, although an exact breakdown of the numbers of calls to each city or state are not available. And I believe the robocalls were threatening things like there was going to be forced vaccinations, they were going to be collecting debts, something they've been doing to black voters for, you know, ever since the Civil War and emancipation, uh, you know, uh, literacy tests, uh, threats that, uh, you know, the, the sheriff hanging outside threatening that they're going to get you on uh, charges of yanking the mattress tags off the pillows it is nothing unfortunately that black voters are not used to it's just it's coming on the heels of the scandal that this was done in an incredibly 
organized fashion. And uh, what's great is these are state charges, which means Bill Barr can't touch them. And there are multiple states these knuckleheads did a, did this stuff in, and it's going to be accu- accumulation. These dudes could be going to prison forever, depending on how many states they pick. Because, you know, three, four, five-year sentences times, you know, 50 states, that can add up after a while. I mean, you know, 250 years in prison, you know, out in 130 with good behavior, even a guy as young as Jacob Wall might be able to pull that one off. So, uh, you know, congrats, guys. Now, today in Criminal Doom, it's time for Today in Criminal Doom, the segment where I read more or less randomly from the happiest website in the world, justice.gov slash USAO for U.S. Attorney's Offices slash press releases. So let's check it out. Get some good stuff. Uh, Eastern District of Virginia, United States obtains final judgment and permanent injunction against Edward Snowden. This is for uh, trying to make millions of dollars off uh, that that book that you wrote about you committing uh, treasonous acts. Yeah, not so much. They're, uh, I believe they're seizing the $5.2 million or something like that. It says, U.S. District Court for the Eastern District of Virginia, that's where they handle espionage kids, uh, entered a final judgment and permanent injunction against Edward Snowden, a former employee of the CIA and a contractor for the NSA. In September 2019, the U.S. filed a lawsuit against Snowden, who published a book entitled Permanent Record, in violation of the non-disclosure agreements that he signed with both CIA and NSA. The lawsuit alleged that Snowden published his book without submitting it to the agencies for pre-publication review in violation of his express obligations under the agreements he signed. Additionally, the lawsuit alleges that Snowden has given public speeches on intelligence-related matters, also in violation of his non-disclosure agreements. Yeah, intel agencies are big on non-disclosure, and it's kind of funny that he he basically asked Russian intelligence's uh, permission before uh, you know his own country. So, and I'm just not feeling the uh, whistleblower, you know, thing. I just think of him as a turncoat. But if you follow me, you kind of know my opinion on that. Southern District of New York, the Sovereign District, 11 union officials charged with racketeering fraud and bribery offenses. Man, it's old school. There's a whole bunch of union guys who are going down for bribery, you know, uh, honest services fraud, a bunch of pension knuckleheadedness. Uh, It's just kind of like the old days, Uh, you know, decades old, but, you know, everything old is new again, baby. So Elon Graff, attorney for the United States, uh, acting under authority conferred by 28 U.S. Code, subsection 515, etc., Indictment charging James K. Hill, Christopher Kraft, Patrick Hill, Metric Norton, etc. with racketeering fraud and bribery offenses in connection with their acceptance of payments in their role as current and former union officials to corruptly influence labor management relations in the construction industry. Nothing mob about that at all. Scott Roche and Arthur Gibson are charged with fraud and bribery offenses... Uh, the defendants are current and former union officials with Local 638 of the Enterprise Association of Steam Fitters. Quote, local 638, end quote. Uh, you gotta you gotta check that one out for this huge chart of like all the different uh, felonies and racketeering and where they go and who's got on them. I just love these charts. There's just so many felonies you can barely keep track of them. It's great. Uh, also in the Southern District, New York, founders and executives of Offshore Cryptocurrency Derivatives Exchange. My God, there is nothing less confidence inspiring than offshore cryptocurrency derivatives exchange you just needed sports betting in there i think to complete it charged with violation of the bank secrecy act so my justice girlfriend audrey strauss i love her announced uh, the indictment of arthur hayes 
Benjamin Delow, Samuel Reed, and Gregory Dreyer charging the four with violating the Bank Secrecy Act and conspiring to violate the Bank Secrecy Act by willfully failing to establish, implement, and maintain an adequate anti-money laundering program at the Bitcoin Mercantile Exchange, or BitMEX. Apparently, they wanted to get into the hot, hot, hot global money laundering biz. According to the indictment, the defendants caused BitMEX and its parent corporations formally to incorporate in the Seychelles, a jurisdiction they believed had less stringent regulations and from which they could still serve U.S. customers without performing all that anti-money laundering, anti-mob stuff. Uh, indeed, in or about July 2019, Hayes bragged that the Seychelles was a more friendly jurisdiction for BitMEX because it cost less to bribe Seychellois authorities quote, just a coconut than it would cost to bribe regulators in the United States and elsewhere. By the way, kids, anytime you have verbatims like that, that means you're on uh, Title III intercepts from the FBI. Just just good, solid stuff. Um, yep. Let's get let's get us on uh, wiretaps here. Why the Seychelles? Oh, because it's cheaper to bribe people. It'll be great. Yep. Speak into the mic, man. FBI loves that. Uh, that's going to just get us, uh, we can just, we can just book in this right on done. Not on the bingo card where stuff so weird, even my intelligence brain couldn't come up with it. Uh, this was the headline today. Ireland's Supreme Court has ruled that bread sold by the fast food chain Subway contains so much sugar that it cannot be legally defined as bread. So there you go, Ireland. You're out of the woods. Good luck to you guys. And now it's... And now it's question time from at Game Theory Today, our private Twitter community, primosocial.com slash Game Theory Today. Sign up and uh, you can ask your own questions that I'll answer on there and also will show up on the podcast here. We joke around. Uh, we have a lot of fun. No trolls. Uh, and uh, we explore all sorts of interesting questions here so let's go to our folks there uh clark weber says have we passed the dunning kruger event horizon where even trump and his mooks realize this will not end well for them uh yep i don't know maybe it was sometime around the time i uh i saw brad parscale go down i didn't do anything i didn't do anything oh brad you you did things you did things buddy uh it's all uh, you know the wheels are coming off the fun bus and it's it's pretty awesome here sarah who goes by sketch with a smile uh on game theory today says short question a short-term question considering one-time rnc finance committee membership elliot Brody, mm, yeah awaiting some fate uh michael cohen convicted felon louis DeJoy, uh louis DeJoy, who we we all know now because of the u.s postal service uh he is an indictment waiting to happen and steve Wynn, macau las vegas casino guy and she says sexual harassment allegation i i, I prefer chinese money laundering uh, suspect myself but anyhow uh following the money where does the gop go after this <laughs> dissolved as a political party i don't see how they survive here um our friend meg says am i the only one happy that at least the supreme court nominee isn't ted cruz and uh this is what i get from my dc sources that uh lest you think that he's a gop darling that man cannot ted cruz cannot get a pizza delivered in dc uh even the gop does not like him so 
I think everyone's happy the less they see of Ted Cruz. I don't like to say that about any of God's children, but uh, it just seems appropriate in this in this case. Our friend Jill House says, do you think we'll ever find out who paid off Kavanaugh's debts and purchased themselves a SCOTUS seat? And does this make Kavanaugh impeachable? And my answers to that, yep, I'll bet at some point we figure out how we ended up with that dude. And would that make him impeachable? Yeah, if he didn't disclose stuff on his financial forms, uh, that's not going to be good for him. And uh, Elsie Hayes, just to round this out, uh, will a U.S. senator be indicted before the election? <laughs> no relevant intel, but I can think of a few that I wouldn't miss. Uh, if you want to be part of the fun, at Game Theory today, including analysis and advice from Dr. Hannibal Lecter. No, really, this is a segment we do on there. Um, he might even make an appearance here, Clarice. We'll see. Um, as well as uh, questions and music uh, recommendations, all sorts of fun. Primosocial.com slash Game Theory today. Come join us. And to round out the show... We have positive fa active measures, Pam Fam. Remember, if uh, Russian active measures is to demoralize the population, make everybody feel down, the greatest American counterweapon is positive active measures, the intentional distribution of news from all over the world that most people are actually nice and good and want to make beautiful things a reality. Rob Reiner just announced on Twitter that the This Is Spinal Tap cast is reuniting to benefit the Democratic Party of Pennsylvania. And so you can join Rob and uh, Christopher Guest, Harry Shear, and Michael McKean on October 14th for a virtual reunion. Uh, a few weeks back, the cast of The Princess Bride did the same thing, and it was fantastic. And, I mean, how much fun is that, right? That, and it's a reminder that the artists are still with us, that the this country and its culture still makes nice things, and we can again. We will again. So I'm really glad that these guys are stepping up for us. Um, follow the artists. They they often know a lot of things. That's how they can make the stuff that really sticks with us. And you know they they don't they're not just the writers. They're not just the producers and the directors. The individuals all you know the actors and musicians all go into those kinds of things. So hey and and you know I, this is Spinal Tap is one of I'm a musician. It's one of my favorite movies. Good news and good laughs are not minor things these days. So pretty pretty happy for that. So it's our Pam for the week. Thank you to all our sponsors, and uh, if you want to check out more of me, see me on Twitter all, almost all the time since, you know, the uh, the emergency of stupid has been going on, at Eric Garland, E-R-I-C-G-A-R-L-A-N-D, and of course, at Game Theory Today. Stay frosty, peeps, and we'll see you next time. Bye.